Hello, magical money makers, and welcome to the EPOP podcast, episode six of season one. Season one's theme is still with a drum roll. Our journey to short-term rental success. And today's episode is called Why We Sold Our Philly Properties and Pivoted. Pivot. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I sound exactly like Ross Geller, but unfortunately, Travis doesn't even understand this joke because he, unlike the rest of civilization, didn't watch Friends and doesn't even want to watch Friends. I mean, why? Why not? Why would I watch a show that's now 20 years old? Um, Here's our intro fact. How many people check in to an Airbnb every minute? I am so interested in this one. And we forgot this old city's name. See your breath on window pane. Let's just talk. Till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way through The one thing I do know about Friends that the most shocking thing about Friends to me is like, how Gosh. does Jennifer Aniston look exactly the same? Oh my word! Now she's a rock star, and she did when she was in Friends. Yeah, she's gorgeous. How old is she now? I mean, fifties. She's late, not sixty. No, is she? I, late, I, maybe she turned fifty, late forties. I guess she's probably fifty. I don't know. We could probably Google it. I'm sure Google would tell us, but. Google, yeah. Google will also tell us how many people check into an Airbnb every minute, but you're not going to Google. You're just going to take a guess. Everyone out there, yep. you guys are going to guess too. And I just checked my math. I, oh I, I was like, I hope this I don't- This is a math checking I'll tell operation? you why in a second. I'll oh tell gosh. you why in a second. Um, what's your guess? All right. Worldwide, well, worldwide. Okay, worldwide. I mean, I, don't, I can't even fathom a guess because Airbnb has gotten so huge. I mean, it's the number, is it still the number two accommodation booking- like, because uh, I think Hilton is number one, maybe? I don't know. You asked All this question things. a few episodes ago. Know, we never looked it up. We really should look it I up. I really want to look it up right this very second because I am curious. I think Hilton would be my guest as number one, and I think Airbnb is number two. Um, so that being said, I don't know how many people check into a Hilton every second. Is it second or minute? Every minute. Every minute. Well, it probably is less than 60 then because maybe they would have used a second just give me your guess. <laughs> like a, I don't even know. Um, every minute, 31. They did use a second, but I thought that okay. that would be oh. too Well, then I limiting. would maybe guessed higher then. All right, well then, it's fine. obviously more than 31 because it's more than 60, right? Yes. Yeah, right? Give me another I'm guess I'm not great then. at math, but I can do that. Um, 127. It is one or six people every second. Get out. So 360 a minute. Wow. It's shocking. I read that and thought six people a second. That's six seconds. Six seconds. Six seconds. Six seconds. Six seconds. Six check-ins. Six check-ins. Why do you keep saying that? Every second. So six people are checking in. Okay. Six seconds. It's a lot of check-ins. <laughs> a why. lot of check-ins. Oh my word! And this isn't the numbers and stats episode. That was last episode. 
But I've got I've just got two more numbers for you. Okay. Jennifer Aniston related numbers. <laughs> okay. So How old is she? Fifty-two. Okay. Um, she has been an actress since 1987. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was born in 69. So 87 made her about 18 when she started. Films with her in the leading role have grossed how much money worldwide? First of all, how did you just do this research in like 10 seconds? Wikipedia (laughs) gives you everything you ever want to know about anything in five seconds. What was the question? Six seconds. (laughs) She's films with her in the leading role have grossed over how much money worldwide? Uh, $900 million. One point six billion I was going to say it has to be billion, dollars. yeah. And that, that, that's films. Like, that's yeah. an inc- I mean, Friends is what yeah. she's, I right, the most popular for, yeah. but this is just, like, films that she's done. Um, incredible. It is incredible. Incredible. They're all incredible, The all of the six actors that were on that show. And I just have to say that I watched the Friends reunion, and I think it's what everybody in the world needed except for Travis because... You know, it was definitely except for so, Travis. so good. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't watched it yet, please go watch it if you're a fan of Friends because mm. it was just really, what is an mm doing? Oh, well, you just like, it's, just, okay. it's the only drop I had that's Maybe like. clapping would have been better. Yeah, I just than, thought mm. the. Mm, um, yummy. yummy. Okay, it was yummy, I guess. <laughs> anyway. This, we're not talking about friends today. We're talking about why we else. pivoted. Why we pivoted. That's right. That's right. Why we pivoted. Um, and we have brought this up in, in other episodes. But what we love doing about this season, and, and thank you guys for all the feedback that's coming in. Keep that coming in if you if you like this season. A, if you like the format. And then B, if you like the theme for this season, which is all about our journey to short-term rental success. Let us know that. Three, I'll give you, you know, if you have a theme, some people have written us in, hey, I'd like you to talk about this. I like this theme. So uh, keep those recommendations coming on themes because we're actively looking for themes for new seasons as well. But one of the best parts about doing it in a season format is that we get to tell more of our story because we get to go more in depth. And we've done in the last couple episodes, we dove a bit into like the nitty gritty and like kind of uh, teaching on on how to make your Airbnb uh, magical instead of middle of the road. We mm-hmm. talked about should you manage or not. Then we talked about this idea of the numbers and stats and everything and you strategies. should strategies. And strategies. And now we wanted to bring it back a little bit to talk about our story because one of the things that we've done in our short term as short term rental hosts mm-hmm. is this fact that we've actually sold properties. You know, we never imagined when we bought in 2017, it was like 2007. Yeah, no, in 2017, that in just four short years, we would we would sell any of those properties, let alone that we would sell five of all five of the Philadelphia investment properties that we bought. And we also sold our primary home up there. So six total. We never imagined that we would be selling them. But there's a there's a reason why. And we again, we've talked about it in other episodes, but we wanted to dive a little bit into it because for a lot of a lot of you, this this might come up. It, whether you uh, decide to get a short-term rental and maybe you you sell another property you have in order to make that happen, um, or just down the road in your short-term rental journey, you're going to probably be faced with this. Should we sell? Should we not? And there are some things to consider. So just to, again, give you context, context, we bought our first one at the very end of 2016. So for all intents and purposes, 2017 was our first Philly property. We bought four of those in a year and a half span. And then the the fifth one, we got about two and a half years after the first one. So we took a year break in there. 
and now we have sold all of those. Actually, when this comes out, probably all five will be sold. One just hit the market today, which makes me a little sad, a little nostalgic, yeah, but it was right to call. Um, so I had like that's the context around it. I think if I'm putting numbers to it, um, well, why don't I? Yeah, let's add not up the get numbers. into the numbers just yet. Well, I'll add up the numbers real quick as you t- kind of talk about the bigger picture. Why did we decide to sell and why did we decide to sell all of them? Right. So it all goes back to the what we've talked about a lot in this season about the goals for our life and what do we want our lifestyle to look like. And while we like Philadelphia and we that's why we decided to do properties there and our home was there and our family was there. Travis and I both knew that if we could live anywhere in the U.S., anywhere in the world, but we decided after living other places in the world that we wanted to live in the U.S. because it's our home country and it's where our family is. So thinking about buying a permanent home, we wanted it to be in the U.S. And if we could live anywhere, Philadelphia wasn't our number one choice. You know, it was okay. We enjoyed it, but we don't like winters and we really love the beach, you know, some people love the mountains, some people, I guess, love the desert, but we love the beach. And so we knew that we wanted to find a home on the beach somewhere. So our story of when we decided to start making a move for that was really only a year and a half to two years ago when we started looking a lot about, um, we started, or Trav, started looking for real estate in beach towns, whether it was in Florida, but somewhere on the East Coast, because pretty much we couldn't afford the West Coast, and it's a lot further from our family. And the water's too cold. And the water's too cold, because we like to actually go in the ocean and swim, and Trav took up surfing even. Um, So we were looking on the East Coast, and when we finally found a home here that we could buy in North Carolina, and we made that that big move to buy a home in North Carolina, that was really big for us, because... We'd been living in Philadelphia, and that, again, is where all of our family and friends are. We've never, I, we had never even been to this town in North Carolina. We'd never been to Wilmington, North Carolina. I had never been to the beach in North Carolina before. So that was a really... the Well, I was going to say, there was another reason with the Philly things, uh, kind of the, the us moving, right. and then also COVID. And so like... Well, but, right, I hadn't got into that yet, okay. but yeah. I was just going to say, between those two things, it got us thinking, should we sell these properties? Before that, we ha- we were not thinking about selling no, them at all. No, not at all. all. No. Um, no. So before COVID happened, we weren't th- thinking about selling them at all. We were just like, we were. We, they were working. They were doing all right. We, you know, we had a property manager come in. They had a strategy. All that kind of stuff was going. And yeah, we just weren't thinking about it. Then COVID hit. That kind of was a very tough time for short-term rentals in cities. That led us to think about our life to look down here. And so those two twin factors of like, all right, now COVID's here and we've moved, even though we weren't managing them ourselves, we had moved, led us to say, well, should we consider selling these? And at first I think the question was, should we, well, I, I, I'm, if I'm remembering this right, we were like, maybe we should sell one or two of these, right? The the market also started to heat up. So we weren't looking to sell actually until that third thing happened of the market getting pretty hot, which started last fall, you know, October, November of 2020. Right. And so last year in, in, when COVID started, you know, 
we were happy that we didn't have to sell right away because it decimated the short-term rental market, especially in cities. And, you know, we're like, well, if we could just hold on a little bit, maybe we can bounce back from this because we'll still have our property where other people, like, we'll make it out okay. And then we can just continue on here in Philadelphia. Because we had saved some money up. We had made money the year before. So it was like eating our profit from 2019 very rapidly. Yeah. Uh, The COVID monster is eating those profits. But we weren't upside down and we weren't like some people who had just started or who hadn't made as much the years before who were like really had to jump ship. Right. So for us, we were able to wait until it was the right time. And the reason we thought it was the right time or realized it was the right time, because after we did buy this property in North Carolina and we rented it out, we realized how successful it was. We found out that the margins here and the opportunity for profit were just so much bigger being an actual vacation rental spot versus a city. Now that's not to say you can't get an Airbnb or investment property in a city. You can still do really well with that. It's just that our life was no longer in Philadelphia, much to the disappointment of all of our friends and family. Um, and for, and for us too, because we miss them a lot, but moving to North Carolina and then deciding to like sell our permanent home and move to North Carolina we were like, well, why would we keep all of these Airbnbs in Philly if now we're not even living in Philly? Yeah. And so kind of the, the perfect storm happened then in um, January, February, March. We realized that this this house was making a lot of money in the off season and was already booking for this that coming summer, which was the summer of 2021. So the margins were higher. So we're like, wait, we might have a home run on our hands in North Carolina. Philly at best times was like, as to use the baseball analogy, it's like a double, you know, okay, maybe we could get these a little better. But, you know, we had realized some of the mistakes we had made, which we've talked about at, at length, um, and these other ones. And so then the market started to heat up as well, and we had moved. And so we started thinking, okay, maybe we should get rid of one or two. And as we started looking at that, what happened was the ones that w- if we sold would be the most profitable to sell were also the ones that were the most profitable to rent to rent on Airbnb because and and we know why they were actually the the fourth and fifth properties that we bought air, third and fifth properties mm-hmm. that we bought in Philly and we realized okay well they're just the unique ones that's why they'll make us more money when we sell but also making us more money on Airbnb and so at that point we thought well okay, do we just sell the ones that are not performing as well on Airbnb and not really make any money and get out and just get out and unscathed? Or do we sell them all, make some money off the sales and then just move that money down here where we know the margins are higher? And so ultimately that that's what led us to make that decision after a lot of talking about it. Right. And, you know, we were able to make those as informed decisions because of all of the the episodes we've recorded before this, but most especially the last one about the the stats, the Nerds Unite one, because Trav is so good at running the numbers and we just knew even in their peak performance in Philadelphia after COVID, whenever that's going to end, which seems like it's never going to end, but even still, they won't make as much as we can make in other areas. So yeah. our thinking was, if we're holding these Philly ones, in order to get on the outs on the on the other side of COVID, whenever that is, and to and to make substantial amounts of equity in this property and to pay off the mortgages, because at that point, all of them we had only paid off three, four years worth of mortgages, so not that much off off the principal. No. We said, all right, we have to commit essentially to saying we're going to keep these for another at least five years minimum to to really to make it worthwhile in those regards, 
And when we just kept thinking more and more about it, even with property managers, we were like, okay, well, here's what has to happen if we're going to keep them for the next five years. One, we have to go back in and because they had started to to deteriorate some because we hadn't kept up with the just general maintenance of them, we were going to have to go in and spend some money to get them ready to make them nice again. On top of that, we were going to have to figure out how to make these properties unique. We talked about in that in episode three, right? How do we take middle of the road properties and make them magical? Well, we had to get them back to middle of the road by, by spending some money. And then we were going to have to imagine how we could make it magical. Now I know how we could have done it with a few of the properties, but it's easier to make a magical when you buy them because you, you go in with, with a that thought, intention. right? With mm-hmm. that intention versus trying to retroactively make a magical. Is it possible? Yes. Could we have done it? Yes. But it would have taken some work. Yeah. And time. And again, we're not even physically in Philadelphia anymore. We have permanently made the move to North Carolina. So to us, it just seemed like, okay, the market is so hot. Let's just, let's just sell them. Now, normally you wouldn't maybe want to sell after only a couple of years, but it ended up working out in our favor. And also, you know, we had a business partner, Trav's dad and mom with all of these properties in Philly. And I think they were also like, you know, we were happy to partner up with you guys in this and help you get your start in the short-term rental market. And now like, we'll we'll also be happy to get our money back out of them. So, you know, it was- My dad specifically said to us when I was like, all right, I just want to talk to you. Like we're thinking about selling these. Like, what do you think? Do you care at all? He just looked at me, he said, sell them all. I don't care. (laughs) You know, because he was, he was doing the bookkeeping of it. I know he enjoys that to a degree, but they were never in it to make money. They were simply in it to to support our dreams, as you said, Hath. And so, you know, if we weren't going to be there and we weren't going to, you know, he's like, yeah, he didn't care at all. So that's one thing to consider. If you're in with partners, you know, do they have a vested interest in you keeping them or not keeping them or you selling them? In our case, it was, it was nice because the decision that we wanted to make was also the one that my dad and mom, our partners, also were, were fine with making couple that with the fact that they're going to make money. So they, right. you know, helped us put down the down payments. They're going to make 50% of the appreciation. So I, I just ran the numbers, rough numbers. We ended up having bought, I don't want this to sound amazing or crazy or whatever it sounds like to you, but in, we bought $1.65 million worth of properties in Philly. Wow. Um, and then selling them, depending on what these go for, you know, they're going to, yeah, they're all going to go for well, well, some we've already sold, um, but they're, they have gone for, let me put these numbers in here, um, about 2 million. So we sold, you know, 1.65 and then we ended up probably coming in around 2 million, a little less. So they're going to make some money off the sale too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we both, all, all four of us will make money off of selling them. So you know, we would have made money eventually off of the short-term rent- rental of them once COVID, you know, was better. But yeah, and, we and, just and decided, they already were like they, they were, already picking, were up. picking up again um, in Philadelphia. But yeah, it just felt like the right time for us. And financially, it made sense because we weren't going to lose money. We were actually going to make money, and then we have that money to invest more here and buy other things and you know where we're truly really enjoying it and having more success yeah and so the moral of the story and why we wanted to just dive a little bit into this outside of the stuff that we touched on the other episodes was that it's okay to go in with a plan and then as you learn 
if that plan, like if that plan changes, doesn't work, or you realize like when I went in with a plan, I'll actually say this, uh, cause this might make sense to people. I went in saying, I want to make $10,000 per property in Philly net profit, you know, after we pay everyone out, including property managers. And that seemed like a lofty goal. Like I was like, oh, 10,000. So five properties, 50,000. That sound great. That's not bad. It's but not. they were straight investments. They weren't like, oh, we want to use these as, as mm-hmm. vacation rentals either. So what I realized was those numbers were realistic for Philly, but they were not, I, you could do much better other places and people do much better other places. And so when we started to learn that, again, from experience of being down here in North Carolina, I, it was like, well, wow, the plan was to make 10000 a year per property. Well, that we could make 50000 a year on one property right. in North Carolina if we do it right. It's less so, work. Well, yeah, the, the the plan was okay going in, but we realized we could think a lot bigger and do and do a lot better. Um, and so it's okay. And it's okay to pivot. And it's okay to kind of go against conventional wisdom, which would say, hey, there's no reason you should sell real estate within five years of buying it. Well, listen, for us, that could be the conventional wisdom. But everything that we then looked at said, well, this is telling us that, this isn't a conventional time and the market is crazy hot and we're actually going to make money and we're essentially not losing anything from having this amazing learning experience in Philly. So, right. And I, I don't want you all to think that we didn't go in with, you know, some plan or some knowledge of short-term rental, but we didn't take a course, listen to a podcast or really read any books. Like we talked about it together and we knew, you know, kind of some pretty basic knowledge, so, and we, we had goals and we had plans, like Trav said that he had the plan of like 10,000 per property, um, per year, per year, you know, and then we did take a break because after two years and buying so many properties, I was like, well, where's the 10,000 a year? Because so far, like the first two years, we didn't make any money on the properties. And it was, that was when we were working on them so much before we hired property managers. So it was like, until we make some money, like I want to see some money in our bank account from these properties. We're not buying another one. And you tricked me a little because we bought another one within a year, but it was like 11 months. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you the snuck thir- it in right at the end of the year. But fifth ones out of the five yeah, were the were ones the that were carrying yeah. the other three. And so again, we came in with more plans for those because mm-hmm. we knew we're kind of starting subconsciously maybe even getting on this idea of, well, they have to be unique. Right. Who's our avatar mm-hmm. without, without really being specific about it, but just knowing they were more unique. Right. Um, well, and, and so they those, were more money too, like yep. to buy. So the first ones we bought were a lot cheaper. And then the last, the third and the fifth one that you're talking about, they were kind of expensive. Um, and so we weren't sure if that was really something that we could afford to do. And then we ended up doing it and they were the ones that performed the best because in the city they were in a cool neighborhood. Like the one, the, I guess the best performing one that's on race street. Yep. Um, that is in old city, Philadelphia. It's right next to the river. It, I mean, it's just a prime, wonderful location. So we paid more for it, but it also made us the most money. So, you know, there's those things to think about too. And that's when it's really like you look at the numbers and the air DNA. If you know it's going to perform this much, you know that you can spend more on the property. And we did the same thing here with the four cottages that we bought. It was like, well, the cottages were 
more expensive. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, the, jo- the joke is we paid three quarters of a million dollars for four cottages that didn't have heat. Right. Um, Woo. But we ran those numbers. We ran the numbers really hard and we knew, we know hopefully what we can do with the numbers. Uh, hopefully. We, we know what will happen. We will, like sparing like if there's a hurricane that year or something horrible, but we know what the, what the, how the property will perform. And so we're like, okay, well, if we want these cottages really badly and and I did personally it was like really I wanted them and we knew that if we pay 10,000 more or 20,000 more like we'll just make it up because the numbers will work for at this level and I think that's a huge difference in in Philly versus here is uh becoming much better at knowing the numbers. And last episode, we talked a lot about them. So if you didn't listen to that, you can go hear like the numbers that we tell you to track and and how to run them uh, if you want to do it by yourself. But being much more comfortable and confident in the Mm -hmm. numbers allows you to make a better decisions, but also more confident decisions and saying, well, I can uh, spend more because I, again, know that this is going to work. And, And... that allows you to then say, okay, well, I don't have to play at this lower level of buying the cheaper properties and and hoping they work. I can say, all right, well, if I know the more expensive properties are going to work and they're going to work better, then I can go after them because I'm confident in my decision. Um, so it takes the guesswork out of it uh, to a very, very high degree. I mean, there is still a little bit of wiggle room, but what we've learned from doing the numbers well is, you know, <laughs> the they, numbers, they the don't lie. And they don't lie. yes, COVID happened and that was unprecedented. You know, a hurricane, especially here on the coast, could come through. We have insurance for that and all. It would be a hassle. But of course, we, we've kind of had a safe, have a safety net there. But all things being relatively normal, we could sit there and say, well, these North Carolina properties are home runs. And we know that. And these Philly ones, even at their best times would be doubles. So, hey, why does it make sense, even if we're not property managing them, for them to take mental energy, for them to take some of the financial capital we have, blah, 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 if they're never going to perform to the level that that we know we can do here. And so it was, uh, that's why we decided to sell them. And honestly, we, to, to think back on it, I mean, yes, it was a lot of time. Yes, we got paid probably under minimum wage for the <laughs> amount that until we sold them, the amount that we paid right. ourselves out as the property managers mm-hmm. uh, and the hours we spent under minimum wage. But if we look back holistically and say, all right, five years ago, we started this journey and we're actually now that all five of these are going to sell, we're going to come out with uh, after taxes. I mean, not a huge chunk, but probably somewhere between 50 to 100K in profit you know, that's nice to come out with money and many lessons learned that now that we can impart on on you all and also we can use in our own life to get properties that then work even better. Yeah. I have to say that Trav has 100% converted me into being a numbers nerd because I really enjoy going over the process now because then it gets me excited for what we can keep on doing you know like it just like you level up and you level up and you level up and when we bought these cottages you know I was like we we walked through them and it was like oh my gosh they're they're listed at six hundred thousand dollars and they need complete A lot. renovations A lot. they're old 
um, at least 60 to 70 years old and, you know, they haven't had too many updates on them. So, you know, we knew it would be a big project and we were like, well, can we really even afford this and how much can we afford to go? Because it was like a bidding war to get these cottages. So going through the numbers and, and we have the spreadsheet and ran the air DNA statistics and all of that. It was like, yeah, we can do this. And not only can we do this, it will be amazing. So it's really cool when you know pretty much with certainty that yeah. something's going to work well. That is exciting. Yeah. Even if you're not a numbers nerd and, and you know, you say I am a numbers nerd and I, and I am, but I'm, I'm not an accountant. Like I know I'm, I'm only a numbers nerd on things <laughs> that allow me to then do the fun things I yeah. want. Well, so, you are a statistics nerd. You I am love st statistics. I mean, you always have. I am but. a statistics nerd, but you know, I'm not a, an accountant. I'm not someone who like can make the fanciest Excel sheet. So I, I would say that I, there's, people out there who love numbers way, way more than me. What I was going to say is I like numbers because they then allow me to have the fun. Like I don't feel confident not doing the numbers at all and being like, oh, yeah. this will work. So when I, it's like, okay, I'll have some fun doing the numbers because now I, now it allows me right. to go do the fun part of it, acquiring the properties, negotiating hard. It allows you to do the fun part of it of staging, of decorating, and it allows us to have the lifestyle we want of, hey, now we're making some awesome pass passive income. And so to go into that with confidence, it's well worth whether you're a numbers nerd or not, making sure you you hit those in and hammer those home before you make your decisions. Because like we said, we did it. We tried to do it in Philadelphia. We didn't know what we didn't know. Well, and we didn't have the tools and the tools five years ago aren't the same yep. tools that are available today. So that's exciting that, you know, the short-term rental market is becoming even easier, user-friendly yep. for people to break into. Yeah. So if you guys are listening and you're saying, all right, uh, you know, I want to do this, but I don't want to have to run all the numbers, or I want someone to hold my hand through doing this. Um, I don't want to do the design. I want someone to help me with the design. I want someone to help me pick out the properties. I want someone to help me negotiate. We are opening up uh, some applications. You guys have heard this on the other episodes. If you've listened, a few of you have actually sent applications in, which is cool. So we'll be following up with you and having discussions. But Heather and I have decided that since we love doing this so much, and we can't go out and buy every single property we want, <laughs> Want right now that we want to help basically help someone make their first short-term rental turnkey um, and, and take care of it for them and make sure that they hit a home run. And so if you're interested in that, you can go to STR for short-term rental, strlifestyle.com. There's an application there. Fill it out. Um, we'll get on a phone call. We'll chat about whether it's a good fit or not. Um, but this is a highly personalized, I mean, we're working with people one-on-one -on -one to get them their property. So it's not cheap. Um, but if you are someone who's making six, seven, eight figures, I always laugh when I say eight figures, because if you're making eight figures, great. Um, <laughs> let's chat. But this is something that will help you get your first short-term rental up and rolling and uh, will provide you passive income and, and maybe even turn you into someone who loves this so much that then it allows you to to do more and uh, do whatever that freedom then allows you. And that's why we call it the lifestyle because this has allowed us to, and, and the more we do it and, and we are going to keep doing more short-term rentals, uh, it allows us to even have a better lifestyle than when we had before because it's giving us that passive financial income, which is 
really awesome on top of the money that we make from our quote unquote other jobs like the <laughs> podcast. Right. And you know, if you want to follow along on our journey, make sure to check us out on social media at extra pack of peanuts at Heather Sherry. And then on a new account, well, it's not so new, but about a year old um, at Juju and co that is where we are posting all of our renovation process with the cottages that we've bought here. And one of them is almost fully renovated. So that is going to be super fun by the time you're listening to this podcast. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it will be up on Airbnb. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being super supportive and good luck in your short term rental success. We still need a good outro for this. I like that one. Okay. Good luck on your short term rental success. Yeah. And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way On my way through I saw you And I'll see you again Someday Don't worry, Philly. We still love you. We'll be back to eat at your wonderful restaurants. Three Philly restaurants named in the New York Times 50 most exciting restaurants in the country. Only city to have three. Go Philly.